Hello, everybody. Welcome to Time Out with the Tories. I'm your host, Nick Tory. Uh, a special guest today as we start our pl- playoff coverage, Jason Hutton of Fox 17. Uh, is Welcome on the show. Uh, Jason, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. So brackets just came out uh, just a little while ago. We've got, you know, the first look at these uh, these matchups. So we'll start in, in Division One. Uh, pretty pretty standard here, Rockford, Granville in. Uh, any thoughts on anything going on in Division One? Well, obviously, Rockford and Granville have to take care of business, but I like them both at home this week, and that can set us up for the rematch. Rockford and Granville played in the playoffs last year, triple overtime. They played in the regular season this year, double overtime. And I was talking to some of the Rockford coaches after they had beaten Granville in the regular season this year, and they said, we know we're going to see them again. So I think that the potential Rockford-Granville rematch is – incredibly fascinating and i think granville's playing good football i think they're playing better than they were at the beginning of the season obviously rockford is too uh so i'm just hope, hoping both can take care of business here in these games and i think they will and that would set up for a great uh, great district final potentially yeah I, i'm right there with you i think that's going to be a great game if they get the chance to do it and granville i mean six and three but we you know all year people have talked about the teams they've lost to right rockford caledonia and glenbard west um obviously all cream of the crop programs this year so no question. Yeah, they have been challenged. And, you know, I saw them against Caledonia. Caledonia was clearly the better team on that night. That was seven weeks ago almost now. Um, and then Rockford, they took they took Rockford right to the brink. So I think if they play again, it's going to be another good one. Yeah, I would agree. So mo- moving on to Division Two, um, we've got the West Michigan, I guess, so-called region. We've got Caledonia against Byron Center and Forest Hills Central against Mona Shores, uh, three, some really good teams here in, in this district. What are your thoughts as you kind of look at these matchups? Well, how about the coaches? Those four coaches are some of the most respected guys you'll find anywhere. Derek Pennington coming over at Caledonia has done, obviously, an incredible job. It speaks for itself. But Mark Sisko is as good a high school coach as you're ever going to find. And he has taken a very young, inexperienced team to 7-2. and two, And a nice win last week over Lowell to grab a little momentum. Look at Matt Koziak. I mean, he took a program that had never been to the playoffs. And he's taken them to Fort Field three times and won two state championships. And Tim Rogers has taken Forest Hill Central's program to a level it has never seen before. Not, not in a really, really long time. So I think you just got four great coaches there. And I think we're set up for three great football games. Um, I think probably a lot of people would say Caledonia favor against Byron Center, and I would agree with that. Uh, but again, Byron Center has shown flashes of being very good. They're well coached. It's week 10 now. Um, I think we're in for a great district right there. I don't think there are uh, many results that would surprise me here. Yeah, I'm right with you. And I think your point about the young Byron team is interesting. So I, when I talked to Mark Cisco in the preseason – uh, he said the same thing. He's like, we've got a young team, big learning curve, like not really sure, you know, what, what this team's going to bring. And here they are in the playoffs, seven and two, just a remarkable season. Um, and yeah, it's crazy. You know, Mona Shores defending state champs, uh, one of a few state champs that'll start their title defense on the road. Yeah, they play on the road. And there's a great history there with the Mona Shores Forestal Central playoff matchups. They had some great battles in the playoffs. Uh, last year, of course, uh, Forest Hill Central going in for what could have been the game-winning score. They run out of time inside the five-yard line. So I think it's going to be a great football game. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about Byron Center. It's always great when you have those large senior classes. I think they had 24 seniors last year and a very talented class. You know, last year they were outstanding. But then the next year, you have to fill all those holes. And you have to do it with a lot of times your seniors hadn't played much because the seniors in front of them, there were so many of them. So that's kind of where Byron Center's at. But now they've got nine games under their belt. So you want to be better this time of year, and I think Byron Center can say they are. Yeah, uh, just if you had to take a quick favorite at these four teams, who do you think you know has has the lead to get out of that district? 
and popular on the uh, Caledonia show right now, but I, I think it's Warsaw Central. I know Caledonia is really good, like no question about it, and maybe I'll be proven wrong. Uh, I think it's really close. I think Warsaw Central is the best team in the district. I saw them, it's been a while, but I saw them in weeks one and week two, week two, and I couldn't have been more impressed. They should have beaten Grand Blank. I mean, there's no two ways about it. They had a missed assignment on defense where Grand Blank threw a 76-yard touchdown pass with 30 seconds to go. Uh, they should have beaten Grand Blank. Grand Blank's 9-0, one of the favorites in Division One. Uh, so to me, I think Forestville Central's the best team. I think you can make that argument about Caledonia, though, because a lot of people are saying Rockford's the best team in Division One, and Caledonia could have beaten Rockford. So I think it's going to be fascinating, but if I had to pick a favorite, I am leaning Forestville Central. Certainly a Caledonia District Championship won't surprise me. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're spot on there. And Forestville Central too's got some extra motivation after that, you know, close finish and last year's game against Mona Shores. Uh, yeah, this one's tough to pick. I don't, I don't know where I would go I either. I guess the homer in me wants to pick Caledonia, but you know, Mona Shores oddly feels like an underdog in this division as the as the in the district as a two time defending state champ. So that's a that's a good point, and they're dangerous. I mean, Mark Konechny is really good at quarterback, and I know they they had that game three weeks ago where they just kind of got beat by Muskegon, and then. Everybody kind of forgets about him now. It's like, well, you lost your big game. Speaking about, I'll tell you what, Motor Shore is going to be ready to play. I mean, if they win this district, I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. So uh, di- moving on to Division Three, uh, this one is very interesting at kind of how it all maps itself out. Uh, you've got Muskegon and Lowell and Cedar Springs and Coopersville uh, in, in the first district. And then in a separate region, you've got Stevensville, Lakeshore, Zeeland East, Zeeland West, and St. Joe. Um, we'll start in that top district there with Muskegon, Lowell, Cedar Springs, Coopersville. Um, any, any thoughts on what's going on there? Well, yeah. I mean, you've got Cedar Springs and Muskegon. Is that three or four years in a row? They have that in the playoffs, all Muskegon wins. Uh, this is a really good Cedar Springs team. I put it on par with the team two years ago that won the OK White Championship outright. Um but the, the, the big thing here is, can you get past Muskegon? Because they haven't been able to. And, you know, five weeks ago, I would have said, maybe this is the year you do it. Because I thought this would be a Muskegon team that wasn't quite on the level of the last seven Muskegon teams. But then I saw them dismantle Mona Shores a couple of weeks ago, and I realized I was wrong. I mean, this Muskegon team has gotten so much better, and the sophomores and freshmen that are contributing have made them better. So now we sit here and we say, well, Muskegon's probably a favorite against Cedar Springs, although I'm telling you, Cedar's really good. Uh, but it's just interesting the way that fell. Of course, Muskegon and DeWitt played in the state semifinals last year. Great game. I was there at Lansing Catholic. DeWitt pulled it out. Um, they would now play in a regional, and that game would be at DeWitt, which I find interesting because I understand that Muskegon is going to play Lowell on Saturday. Now, I'm aware that Muskegon likes to do this because when you're in an odd division, you play your state championship game on a Saturday. So they just want to go playoffs on a Saturday. Well, I got news for you. DeWitt's going to play that game on a Friday night. I'm almost sure of it. Unless Muskegon's outside of the uh, mile radius where they can say they want to play on Saturday, which I'd have to check on that. I don't really know. Uh, I'm sure DeWitt's going to want to play that game on a Friday. That, I don't know how important that is. All I know is DeWitt Muskegon potentially in the regional final. Well, you have Zealand West in region two. I think the Ducks have a much easier road to the semifinal and could potentially be sitting there waiting for a Muskegon-DeWitt winner in the state semifinal. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting, that rematch if it happens, uh, Muskegon and DeWitt. Obviously, you know, I, I don't know about you, but last year I was surprised. Uh, I guess I didn't, you know, sometimes DeWitt seems to be that program that gets to that level and then plays a Muskegon-type team and loses. So I was surprised, you know, that was finally the year they got over the hump, you know, 14-0 game. Um, and we'll see if Muskegon's got enough uh, in the tank to, to get past DeWitt if they end up meeting in a couple weeks. I actually thought DeWitt was the, was the best team in the state in Division Three last year. 
Um, I thought they were going to win the state championship, so I wasn't too surprised when they beat Muskegon. Uh, but you can never count on a Muskegon team. I mean, they're always tough. So uh, we'll see what happens if they play again. We'll have to see how much this Muskegon team has grown up. And I don't know, DeWitt has most of those guys back. From that team last year, they obviously lost Grant Ewell, but uh, most of their skill guys are back, so you would think they would be the favorite again, but you never know. Yeah, and they've got some nice wins over playoff teams like Traverse City Central, and last week absolutely dismantled uh, Stevensville Lakeshore, so they're rolling uh, as well at an 8 and 1 record. Uh Zeeland West, I think I think you're right on there. I think that, you know, Stevensville Lakeshore could be tricky in in a uh, in a re- in a district final, but I think that they they've got a good path there to try to get to the semifinals. And they've kind of had these games against the St. Joe's and the Lakeshores in the past. It's the playoff uh, tends to fall this way. So they have some experience with it. I do like them in that district. I'm telling you, I think and Maybe this is crazy. I think Matawan could potentially be their regional final um, team. Matawan was 1-5 three weeks ago. They won three in a row. They play in the tougher league compared to uh, these Interstate 8 teams. Um, and the Interstate 8 is a really good league. Take nothing away from it. It's really good. But I just think the Southwest Michigan Athletic Conference is a little better. Mm-hmm. Bigger schools, Amport, Central, Battle Creek, Lakeview in the Division 2s. Um, and, of course, you know St. Joe and, and Lakeshore in there as well. So I actually think Matawan could win. Region 2, District 2, and be the OS opponent in the regional final. Yeah, that'd be crazy. And that's kind of one of those benefits of the new playoff system, right? Uh, they, they get the chance at 4 and 5 to be in the postseason and, and make a little yeah. bit of a run. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I like the fact that you can't just schedule your way into the playoffs anymore. And I like the fact that you can be Matawan and be 1 and 5 and still have a chance. And here they are. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the system, too. I know East Grand Rapids obviously lost to Forest Hill Central, but they were kind of in a similar boat, right? Yep. 1 and 5 and had a chance in week 9. So uh, moving on to Division Four, uh, we've got a lot of Division Four games around the area. Um, obviously, I think it for me at least it starts with Unity Christian, um, and they take on Forest Hills Eastern. Uh, the other game in that district is Grand Rapids Christian and Spring Lake. Uh, do you see anybody as a, as a big challenge for Unity, or is that a district you think that they should be able to get through? Yeah, and this is no disrespect to any of these teams, but I don't. I don't. I mean, Gravis Christian's playing great football, and they saw Unity up close and personal week two. That was almost eight weeks ago now, and lost 58 to 21. Um, I think. I think if anybody, maybe Gravis Christian, but I just Unity Christian's on such another level right now. Uh, I will be surprised if we don't get Unity Christian and Edwardsburg in a semifinal with the winner playing Chelsea at at Fort Field, but. Sometimes funny things happen in November, so we'll see. But, yeah, I like Unity Christian a lot. Yeah, and then in the other Region 1 district, we've got Cadillac versus Fruitport and Sparta versus Whitehall. Interesting, Whitehall loses last week to Reed City, and now at 7-2, the West Michigan Conference co-champs are on the road uh, at Sparta. Um, Who who do you like in that district up there? Uh, Cadillac. Probably, and then I don't know much about Cadillac. I'm kind of going off Brett Bakita, who did the Cadillac Forest Eastern game last year in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. told me that Cadillac was very young. So um, I'm just kind of based on that information. Of course, their only losses are Charter City Central and Charter City West, who are divisions one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably you have to consider Cadillac the favorite there. I'll tell you what, I really like Sparta. I think Sparta's a good team. When you talk about Whitehall, you know, the West Michigan Conference is a really good league, but for Whitehall being the biggest school in that league, they don't accumulate the playoff points because they get a lot of wins against smaller schools. Not necessarily against not good teams. They're all good teams, but because of their enrollments are smaller, you don't get as many points. So this is, but last year, you look at Whitehall had three home playoff games. So it worked out last year, but this year, they just didn't accumulate the points. Um, had they beaten Reed City last week, maybe that would have helped, but yeah, they just, Sparta played some bigger schools and had more playoff points. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned Cadillac. Uh, they beat Reed City in week one, 18 to 14. So uh, if you're looking for some common opponent math there. Um, and then last thing in Division Four, uh, Hastings and South Christian are in a district. Uh, the Saxons will take on Charlotte, and uh, South Christian will take on Plainwell. Um, what are your thoughts on, on either of those teams, Hastings or, or South Christian? I really like Hastings. I think they're really good. Um, they were good last year, and they returned all their skill guys from that team. Um, I like them against Charlotte. I think that I'm looking forward to a potential Hastings-South Christian matchup, but Danny Brown already told me last week, he said, I said, he told me he doesn't look ahead to playoff projections. I go, well, I'm going to tell you, they haven't projected to play playing well. And of course it came true. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, I remember a couple of years ago, we played playing well in the first round, we lost. So that scares me. Um, so he was quick to, to let me know that uh, playing well is going to be tough for them. And I'm sure that'll be the case. But if we do get South Christian and Hastings, I think that'll be fun. I think that's right. We used to have that you know, big old back in the old days. Yeah. Haven't had it in a while. So I, I'm looking forward to potentially having South Christian and Hastings in the second round if we get it. Yeah, Hastings has been a fun team to follow this year. Uh, one of those interstate eight teams now. And uh, they've got a whole lot of good running backs in their, uh, in their very run-heavy offense. Yes. Uh, so moving moving on to Division Five, uh, Muskegon Oak Ridge uh, will take on Big Rapids. Tri County will will take on Grant. Uh, that is Region Two, District One. Uh, that that one is kind of I guess the undercard to the other Region Two district. Uh, but any thoughts on, on that district at all? It's really good. I, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I like Tri County. They've obviously already beaten Grant this year. Um, Tri County is a team that returned 18 starters from the team last year. That, if you remember, got in as an 18 because everybody got in and then won two playoff games. They had never won two playoff games in their school's history before. And then last year they get in as an 18. They win two playoff games and they returned 18 starters from that team. Uh, they're really good. Uh, what's interesting is I thought maybe they could win that league. They did lose the game at Reed City week three or week four. It was early. Um, so Reed City had to win the Central States gold outright. But you look at Tri County and they had a lot of close games late. A lot of games they found a way to win that maybe you wouldn't have thought have been close, and a lot of comeback victories. They were down big to Manistee just last week and came back and won it. So I think that's that's two things. One, it might concern you that you're continually get behind because you can only play with fire so long, right? But also, it's great to show that you can you can come back and win, and you can win close games because obviously you're going to get to those in the playoffs. So I like them against Grant. I like Oak Ridge against Big Rapids. I think that Oak Ridge is actually probably going to be a little bit of a favorite against Tri County just because of strength of schedule. Uh, but, of course, Tri County gets to be home. And as I said, they've found ways to win close games. They've found ways to come back. I think Oak Ridge and Tri County can be really entertaining. Yeah, I think it'll be much better than, than what we saw last year when they played. I know Oak Ridge won that game big uh, by, like I think, about 35, 38 points. Um, right, different, different because Tri County returned everybody. Yep. Oak Ridge graduated most of those guys. Yep, two completely different teams. But interesting that you know Tri County could basically repeat some of their playoff path playing Grant and Oak Ridge. They did both of those a season ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, Tri County. Uh, we so we call those games at, at Michigan Sports Radio. Uh, we've got all the Tri County games. I talked to the announcer on Friday night, and he's like, "Nick, I'm tired of these games. You know, my heart can't take it anymore. So many, <laughs> so many last minute, you know, plays and comebacks. So uh, it's definitely been an exciting season for the Vikings. I mean, they haven't won eight games since 2004. So uh, it's it's been a good year for them. So uh, Region Two, District Two is is absolutely loaded. So you've got nine and zero Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Riding that big 32-game win streak, they'll take on five and four Belding, and then uh, eight and one West Catholic against eight and one Comstock Park. Uh, this may be the the most loaded district around. Um, what what are your thoughts here? There, there's a lot going on. Well, this, we're used to it, right? Last year we had Grand Rapids Catholic Central, Portland, and West Catholic all in this district, 
And uh, even Belding last year was in this district, and Belding had a much better. They were five and one in the regular season last year, so they were one of the. He had four of the top ten point uh, point teams in Division Five all in the same district last year. Um, obviously, Grandpa's Kelly Central, even without Joey Silveri, I think is still the favorite to win the state championship. Uh, they hardly missed a beat with John Passon now at quarterback. Um, I think that Comstock Park's probably not too happy about the fact that they went 9-0 and they're not going to get a home game. That's obviously very difficult. But unfortunately, it's the way it is. We don't seed regionals or, or anything other than districts. And so it's all geographic-wise. And Grant beating Kent City almost assured Kent, Comstock Park going into that district and being the three seed. Had Grant lost to Kent City, I think Comstock Park could have potentially been in Region 2, District 1, or it would have been the number one seed. You know, so that's that's the breaks. Comstock Park has to play at West Catholic. That's an interesting game. Not only two really good teams, but geographically, I mean, they're very close. And there's a lot of kids that live in Comstock Park that go to West Catholic. So I think it'll be real. I think that game will be a lot of fun. Um, I don't root. I, I don't care who wins. But part of me does want to see West Catholic against Catholic Central because of the rivalry and the fact that they don't play anymore. But I don't know if we'll ever get there because Comstock Park's really good. So that's fascinating to me. Yeah, Comstock Park's interesting. I know that um, certain, certain, I guess, I don't know who they are, but you know, certain fans out there probably believe a little bit of a discount on Comstock Park because they're in the OK Silver compared to the OK Blue. Um, but I, I think they're a great team, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't, I definitely think they're going to be, you know, extremely uh, challenging for West Catholic. But yeah, that would be an exciting rematch. You know, you've got some big skill players like Tim Kloska over at West Catholic. Uh, to see him go up against Catholic Central in, in a district final would be fun, and you know, that old school city matchup um, would, would be great. And don't forget, we thought we were going to get it. I thought we were going to get it last year. Portland went into West Catholic and won in the first round, so we didn't get it last year. So there's no looking by anybody here, and especially a 9 0 Comstock Park team. Yeah, and maybe even your, you know, 5 and 4 Belding Black Knights. Maybe they can uh, pull off the big upset. We got the two best teams in the state playing each other in the first round. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, quick thought on Hopkins versus Portland. Uh, Hopkins 5 and 4, of course. Uh, Zach Herrig's alma mater. They take on seven and two Portland. Uh, any any thoughts there on the Vikings against the the Raiders? I really like this game. I think Hopkins is one of the teams that's shown the most improvement as the season has gone on. They're playing really good football right now. Um, I think that Portland is as well. I mean, Portland obviously had the win over DeWitt early, uh, which I mean, you don't have a better win anywhere than that, basically. And uh, John Navarro's team's getting a little healthier now. They looked good against Monty last week. I know they lost to Cadillac two weeks ago, 10-7. But um, I think both teams are trending in the right direction. I think, this will be, I think this will be maybe closer than some people think. But I think Portland is the favorite in the region. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, just given what else is out there in Division 5 with uh, Kelms United and Berrien Springs, which is also a great story, Berrien Springs with uh, Elliot Uzalak, really uh, – revitalizing that program this year. But yeah, I would agree. I think Portland has got to be the favorite there. Yeah. And then potentially could get, Oh, that's right. Frankenmuth is on the same side of the bracket as Catholic central this year. So that would be a semifinal. If Frankenmuth gets behind the high scoring flying G's from Gladwin. And then, so Portland could potentially get back to Fort Field. I don't know much about Marine city other than they're always good. Mm-hmm. They're nine to know down there. So uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, and uh, it should be noted that Flint Powers Catholic in at three and six, uh, another product of this playoff system. Obviously, playing in a bigger conference, uh, Saginaw Valley. Just you know, the way it works, three and six in, in the playoffs. So three and six in a home game. Well, nine and Comstock Park gets the road. It's crazy, but you know that that is that is the playoffs. So yep. Uh, but moving on to Division Six, uh, just a couple teams here. We've got 
Region 2, District 1, Reed City, 8-1. They'll take on 5-4 Manistee and 6-3 Montague versus 5-4 Central Montcalm. Uh, any thoughts on this district? Yeah, it looks like Reed City's probably the favorite, right? All we have to do is is look at the fact that they beat Whitehall last week. Two weeks ago, Whitehall beat Montague. So that would then make Reed City the favorite. But I'll tell you, there's something about Montague playoff time where they just find a way to get it done. So I think that'd be a really good district final. Uh, Reed City and Montague. Uh, what, what I've noticed a little bit I've got to see at Reed City, obviously they're a wing T team. I think their quarterback's pretty good at throwing. I think they can throw it a little bit, which I think probably makes them a little more dangerous. But again, I'm no expert on Reed City. I don't really follow them that much. But I know Montague's always good come playoff time. Yeah, you bring up Reed City. I know their quarterback, Xavier Allen, has got 10 passing touchdowns, which is really you know an obscure stat for, for a wing T team. And you've seen that a little bit at Unity Christian this year as well. They've thrown the ball a little bit more. Um, it just adds that... Yeah, it adds that extra dynamic uh, to, to the offense that really makes it hard to stop. You, you know, you can't stick 11 guys in the box anymore and just hope to make tackles. Yeah, I, I watched the Reed City-Tri-County game because I was interested in that on FHS because I thought that was, I thought maybe that was the one where Tri-County could win the league. And Reed City beat him, and I thought a couple of key plays in that game were because Reed City could throw the football. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And like you said, you know, Montague defending state champs, and they always seem to turn it on when it gets to the postseason. Uh, see how see how it goes this year without uh, Pat Collins at the helm. And that's a loaded region because in District Two you got Lansing Catholic as well in Billington. So whoever comes out of that region is going to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, especially you know given that the teams uh, on the same side of the semifinal, most of the up north, you know, UP teams, Northern Michigan teams. Uh, I, I would agree. I think you know whoever wins that region's got to be looking uh, pretty good on their chances to get to Ford Field. I agree. So uh, Division Seven, we've got eight and one Muskegon Catholic versus five and three Delton, and uh, six and three Ravana versus four and five North Muskegon in a West Michigan Conference rematch. Uh, any thoughts on what's going on here in Region Three, District One? Well, Ravana North Muskegon is a rematch, and it was a close game. They played a lot of close games over the years. So I think that's going to be another really good football game. Um, Muskegon Catholic Central Delton, I really like the Crusaders, especially what they've shown us the last two weeks. The late win against Centerville, the late win against Oak Ridge. Um, I really like that team. I think they're I think they're playing good football here. Delton Kellogg's a team we don't know a ton about because their big test was Lawton, and then they were had to forfeit that game, but they didn't have to take the loss because Lawton ended up playing Mount Rose that week. And then Delton loses to Schoolcraft last week rather handily, and this was a was a down year for Schoolcraft. So I found that very interesting. So. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I think Muskegon Catholic Central probably the favorite to win this district. Um, although it's never going to be easy against Dark Muskegon or Bennett winner, so let's see how that plays. And then potentially a matchup with undefeated Law in the regional final. So Division Seven is really good. Yeah, and I know we've talked about Lawton a few times. It's the highest scoring team in the state, 497 points in nine games. Uh, that does just barely put them on pace um, if they were to run the table and get to the finals uh, for Orchard View's record in 99. Um, but it's going to be tough. I mean, there are so many good teams in Division 7, even outside of this region. You've got Jackson Lumen Christie, Monroe, St. Mary's Catholic Central, uh, Pawama Westphalia, who actually has to play Ithaca in the first round. And that's a big time state power matchup. And even New Lothrop, the, you know, the defending state champs are 6 and 3 and in the playoffs. So, so much talent in Division 7. It's always such a fun year. And I forgot to mention St. Francis, Traverse City, St. Francis. So, yeah, I can see Lawton scoring some points in the first two playoff games, but. Muskegon County Central's got a really good defense. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Lawton can't win, but it's good they do. It's going to have to be a lower scoring game. Luma Christie, as you mentioned, and then potentially PW or Traverse City St. Francis in the final. I'm guessing they're not going to get to Orchard View's record, but you never know. Yeah, it's the it's I guess a fun thing to track here. I would agree. It's going to be a tough challenge. A lot of good teams here uh, in in Division Seven. 
So moving on to Division 8, uh, we've got the Region 1, District 2, Carson City Crystal 8 and 1, White Cloud 4 and 5, and then Muskegon Heights uh, is back in the playoffs. They will host Holton, both teams 5 and 4. Uh, any thoughts on what's going on here in Division 8? Yeah, I think that if I could talk to Tim Sworn, I haven't. He'd be ecstatic. Maybe not, but I think that the fact that he's not even in the same region as Breckenridge makes him happy. Now, it's not going to be easy for him. There are tough, there are tough games here. But they lost, that was their only loss was to Breckenridge. And a lot of the prognostications had Breckenridge and Carson City in the same district. Mm-hmm. They're not even in the same regional. So they wouldn't potentially play again until a state semifinal. My guess is that that's okay with, with, with Carson City. But maybe they wanted to get revenge on them. I'm not sure. But that's interesting. Um, I like them against White Cloud. Great story, though. White Cloud getting to the playoffs, another um, product of the new playoff system. Uh, I don't believe White Cloud's made the playoffs for, what, like 15 years or something like that. It's been a long time. So that's pretty cool. I think the Holton-Muskegon Heights matchup is, is great. I think that's going to be a really good football game. Obviously, you got Austin Fowler, the great quarterback at Holton. Uh, I think that'll be a really interesting game. I think Carson City is probably the favorite there to beat Muskegon Heights a couple weeks ago. So Carson City's got a good draw here in their district, potentially matching up with Beale City in the regional, which would be a great game. Beale City's won eight in a row since losing week one to Ravenna, so that'll be, that'll be very interesting. Yeah, and in that Holton-Muskegon Heights game, and even White Cloud, I mean, those are three teams that aren't perennial powers, so it's exciting to see them all back in the postseason. I know Muskegon Heights, it's been since uh, the the Willie Sneed days that they were in the playoffs, so 2010. So, uh, yeah, I would agree, though. Carson City Crystal seems to be the favorite, especially after that handy handle, uh, handily victory over uh, Muskegon Heights a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, it, but it should be a lot of fun. And then in Division 8, the defending state champs, Centerville, 7-2. and two, They will start their title defense on the road uh, against 8-1 and one Addison. Uh, this is a tough district with 6-3 and three Reading and 9-0 and oh Hudson. Um, you, you had mentioned something before we started the show. This, this is a loaded district. Really loaded. I mean, Centerville not getting a home game. I mean, they, they did lose twice, but they bugged, bulked up their schedule. Of course, they lost week one without five seniors. That was that was a different story. But then they lose that Muskegon Catholic Central. But I think they're better for playing that Muskegon Catholic Central. I know Addison's really good, right? They were 8 no until they lost to Jonesville last week. Should be a great game. I would give a slight edge to Centerville. I'm probably a little biased because we cover Centerville. I know a little bit more about them. But they have the playoff experience. They um, have been battle-tested here at the end of the year. So that should be a great football game, but a really tough test for for a defending state champ. And then if you win that, you have to go to Hudson probably. You know, they beat Reading last year on their way to the state championship, but I'm guessing Hudson will beat Reading. Hudson's always been really good, and they're 9-0. So that's a tough draw. You wouldn't pretend. And White, meanwhile, White Pigeon is another team that got a great draw because a lot of people had White Pigeons in Centerville, not only in the same district, but potentially playing in the first round. Well, White Pigeon goes in the district with Decatur, Saugatuck, and Kasopolis, and White Pigeon's got to feel like they're going to win that district. I mean, that just means they're definitely the favorite there. So, tough district in Region 3, District 2, and meanwhile, White Pigeon's got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, you know, that's one of those uh, cases where you'll see some fans plead for the seeding of the regions rather than the seedings of the districts. Um, I know that's something, personally, I think would be uh, be a great expansion, but, you know, we've, we've got what we've got, and uh, it'll be a tough slight for Centerville, but... Surely, you know, a lot of talent and they can they can make some noise still. I'm with you on the on the seeding the regional, and that was my point back in division three. I wish we could have found this way where Cedar Springs and Zeal West would have played each other because I think that would have been a great game. And then the winner advanced to play Muskegon, and then the winner that that advanced to play to it, which probably would have been done seeding a regional. But that's okay. That's not the way it goes, and you gotta play them the way uh, the way they're handed out. Yeah, it's, we've got a, a lot of exciting action here. So any final thoughts on anything going on uh, kind of throughout 
this whole playoff slate. I know it's going to be a busy week of high school football and uh, our five-week sprint to Ford Field. Yeah, I'm just excited for it. It's always a lot of fun. I think this year has been a little surprising uh, to some of us at Fox 17. We were a little worried that maybe this was going to be a down year for West Michigan, and I don't think it's going to be. I think we're going to be as well represented at Ford Field as we as we normally are, but you never know. But that's sort of the feeling I have going into it. Uh, I thought this is that this year the teams have been better than maybe I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and even some teams that I think suffered some early losses – um, you know, we talked earlier about Mona Shores, you know, a couple tough defeats. People have kind of dismissed them a little bit. Um, and even Muskegon, when they got beat by Cast Tech so bad, it's like, well, you know, they'll probably win a lot of games, but are they that level? And I mean, they've continued to be better week in and week out. Um, so yeah, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, what West Michigan teams uh, can make a run. And that's what makes it fun once we start getting outside of the area, right? We start playing some other teams that don't know each other as well. That'll be a real test to how much these teams have improved throughout the year. Yeah, I completely agree. So, Jason, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking some time, and I look forward to seeing what uh, what you guys have got going at Fox 17 Blitz the rest of the playoff season. Appreciate it, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. Once again, a thank you to Jason Hutton of Fox 17 for joining us. Uh, this is the first of a few preview episodes throughout the week. We're going to bring on some different guests throughout uh, to give their opinion on games in their coverage area. Uh, up next will be M7 Sports, Mike Meekoff. For Zach Tory in the studio, I'm Nick Tory. Thank you, as always, for listening to Time Out with the Tories. Yeah.